talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. All right, so this is our first podcast, gentlemen. Podcast yes. 101. <laughs> Me- messy Christianity, take one. Wow. How long have we been planning on this? You've been talking about it for six months. Yeah, I've been thinking about it a lot longer than that, for sure. So I thought what we would do is, you know, we were going to discuss a, an important topic today on how to, <laughs> just a great topic that everybody wants to know, how do you uh, wrestle the difference between heresy and just theological difference. However, in all uh, transparency, since we're learning how to operate the equipment, we figured we would save that very important topic for another day and just start off with a why. Why are we doing this? And so I will say to those that are listening to this that... <laughs> We've it's going to get better. Well, no, yeah, it's going to get better. But if, <laughs> not if this is just one in the, like, somebody may be listening to this a month from now, we will not be offended if you just go ahead and skip this podcast <laughs> and go straight to that one. If that's what but you know, so. in all honesty, when they heard this is 101 and we're not going to be really doing anything except saying why, they've already cut it off. Yeah, this is marketing 101. <laughs> so if you're still with us. <laughs> thank you. Wow, why? We, we want to thank both of you who chose to that's listen right. to this today. <laughs> this is awesome. So why do a podcast? That's today's topic? Yeah, why, why are we doing this? I mean, there, there are like, what, 100 billion podcasts out there? Yeah. And let's be honest, we are three nobodies. We're not three kings. Um, so who who cares? Why, why do this? What's what's the reason? Maybe that's part of it, because oh. three nobodies are doing it. Um, just the average guy, maybe. maybe hey, do you think they it. just heard me slurp my coffee? Probably so. It was a... Uh, that was a nice slurp. Yeah, that was, was kind of, I heard it from here. That was kind of really? loud. In our big, large studio. Oh, man. They yeah. they should see the plushness of this place. Yes, yes. I like the gold lining on the chairs, personally. I think that's the touch. It's, yeah, very much so. <laughs> Rent, what, what's in your heart? Why, why? You told me when we were rehearsing the other, not rehearsing, when we were trying to get some things set up, you're like, man, I, I like this. This is good. What What excites you about it? I think more than anything, just the idea to be able to flesh out and have an open conversation. So for those of you who are listening, we're three guys from staff together. And even though we're on staff together, it is difficult sometimes carving out time to have conversation that really is, I don't want to say making a difference, but it's challenging each other. And it's not just the same old, same old. Because we live in staff meetings. In staff meetings, let's do the same not really routine, but it's let's talk about the business of the church, what needs to be done, who's cooking, who's not cooking, who's driving, who's not driving, what needs to be repaired, and and who's teaching what class, and how's it working. And it's it's a struggle sometimes for key leadership to really spend time talking about things that really matter from a kingdom perspective. And not saying those things don't matter, but if the church is looking at us, to be the spiritual leaders of the church and point people toward Jesus. And we've not had an open conversation about the direction we're even going as a church and as key leadership. It's hard to be able to have a conversation with someone and we want to make sure we're on the same page. We're going the same direction and challenging each other in our thoughts and our beliefs. I think that's one of the things that we do. We work well together because we, we not afraid to challenge each other, Mm -hmm. And have open conversation, and sometimes it's harder to do that even in a staff meeting when you've got multiple people in there, yeah. and it's 
sometimes you have to guard what you say, whereas here we can be a little bit more frank and open and really challenge each other on a deeper level. Yeah, and you know what? I, what I, I was having a mental picture while you're saying that that music is either about um, you know it, to, to do great music, it's all got to be in the same key. You got multiple instruments; they have different tones, they have different purposes. But if they're all in the same key, there are certain there are certain boundaries that they stay within in order for things to work. And then if they go outside of those boundaries, like if I'm if I'm in the key of G, and then I, and then you start playing in the key of D. You might be playing good stuff, and I might be playing good stuff, but it doesn't work together. And so I'm thinking that, that this conversation hopefully is a model of how people can converse in harmony, right. not in discord. Because I really think our country is missing that. I think the church is missing that. Yeah. We don't know how to agree to disagree, if you will. And I really don't like that phrase. but Yeah, it's been used a lot. Yeah, but, but harmony is beautiful. Absolutely. And harmony means you're, doesn't mean you're the same note. It just means you're in the same 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 key. I agree. And even if, even if you're in the same note, if we're using the same instrument, we're not the same instrument. And some people view us, people in the church would like, well, they're all pastoral leaders. They all, basically, they're all the electric guitar or they're all the acoustic guitar or they're all the piano and we're not. We're different instruments wired a little bit different to have a different tone, a different outpouring. And one of the things I do like about this idea as well is... It lets us flesh out things that we're struggling with in an open air of conversation versus debate. Now, Jeff, I know that you you're a, a big debater, and I, I say that sure. loosely. You, sure. you enjoy the debate aspect and being able to be passionately challenging why you believe what you believe. But one of the things that I'm really focused on with some of the teenagers lately is the idea for conversation and why conversation tears down walls where debate, if you're not careful, puts up walls because that becomes I'm right and you're wrong and I've got to convince you. And if I don't convince you, then I've lost the debate. And it's not necessarily about defending what I believe. It becomes more of just I'm a right and you're wrong conversation. And somebody's going to lose in that. Whereas in a conversation, it's more open-ended. We're okay to disagree and not be on the same page because we're flesh walking out a spiritual belief the best way that we know how because we are passionately pursuing Christ. Yeah, I, I definitely concur with that because I my, my my personality, my temperament does like to talk. And I flesh things out out loud anyways. Um but probably my blind spot um w- one of them of course is that uh if I'm not careful and if I'm not self-aware, I will I will strive to win the argument. Mm-hmm. For the sake of winning the argument, and I'll and I'll forget that it's bigger than that. Now, I hope that as I've gotten older and more mature, that that has that is not quite as often. I mean, I hope that's the case, but but that's still a you know that's still a uh, still something I have to be aware of for sure. And depending on who you're talking with, depends on the kind of res- response that you're going to get. Right. Because whether it's an introvert extrovert type of mentality, Jeff's an extrovert. I'm an introvert by nature. Kevin, how do you fall in that picture? <laughs> I'm an extrovert. Okay, so you well, got Did you really just ask him? Well, I just I want Come I don't want to I yeah. just don't want to throw it out there, but yeah. you got you got two uh, extroverts and one introvert. We will crush in, you. In the same <laughs> yeah. conversation and when it comes to debate, I will internally become an introvert. And if I do not think that I can passionately win the debate, 
then I'm just going to shut up. Right. And that's not helpful. That that stops conversation because I'm in a no-win situation. I can't debate. I can't verbalize. Therefore, internally, I'm just going to shut down. And conversation allows you not to shut down. It lets you to be able to talk in a way that it may not be agreed upon, right. but we're okay to disagree. Beyond the extrovert, introvert, too, you've got, you know, analyzers versus feelers, you know. Yeah, I mean, definitely. So that, that's another whole ballgame, too. Um, I, I would tend to think you're more you, – you analyze quite a bit, I think. Um, I think he's a feeler. Well, I think he's both, honestly. But which are you? <sighs> Feelings, you know, nothing more than that. Well, there we go on a whole other topic because <laughs> it's it, going to be so fun. Because you talk about feelings. Feelings are gifts from God. Yeah. Yeah. He's wired to this this way. Yet, if we rely one hundred percent on our feelings at the expense of the truth right. of the revelation of God through the through the Scripture, then we can be swayed. But if we read Scripture without our feelings, without the the experiential knowledge of God, then we're going to be swayed another direction. So to answer your question, I'm definitely analytical. I want to figure things out. I'm the A to B to C, all the way to Z type guy. And that's part of my frustration, quite honestly, in staff sometimes is that I live with a bunch of visionaries and I don't see the A, Bs and Cs of how to connect these visions sometimes. So that's a struggle internally, but I am trying, I'm trying to cultivate a more experiential, a, a feeling aspect to my nature so that I can listen more intently to the voice of God. So it's really recognizing the voice of God. And I can't teach teenagers to do it if I'm not able to do it myself. And I honestly think that's something that I personally struggle with. I'm just now really starting to understand. I'm looking back now. I can look back 10, 15, 20 years and see in my own mind's eye in that 2020 vision where God spoke to me Mm -hmm. in a way that at that time I had no idea. I thought it was just my my mind, my imagination, just Mm -hmm. whatever popped in my mind, but I can see step by step by step God speaking. So it's the intentionality behind it. And that was my point on the the whole analyzing and, and, and feeling kind of thing, like in a conversation, a live conversation like we're doing now, uh, for somebody that's analyzing it, it, it can be harder because you're, you're taking the data that's coming at you, in real time and you're analyzing it. So to come up with a proper response may take a little bit longer. So that is tougher in a situation like we got here, but that's, that's where this can be good because we can continue a conversation the next week after some analytical process processing has gone on. So, um, you know, I think that, that, that you're right on something there that, that personality does make a difference in, in what somebody sees you or how somebody sees you or, or perceives you. Yeah. And so like, I can't, if, if I look at you from a, a non relational point of view, I might assume some things about you because of the way a conversation might go. But if I know you, then I know that, okay, there's some introspection that has to go on and there has to be time that evolves in order to hear what's really being thought. I'm, I'm, I'm 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 faster at that. You might be slower at that, but it's not a right or wrong. It's a this is how we're made, and it's a gift, really. Yeah. You know, I I am so glad that we are not three uh, amigos that just just no. you know like Mary, what what is it the the three Stooges? I mean, they're all goofballs. Okay, maybe we're goofballs, but personality makes a difference. I, I will say too that you're definitely right. It's not a right of or wrong. I'm right. <laughs> uh, you know, of course, you're right. I mean, that's why we're here. <laughs> you know. See, to, to just approve of everything you say. 
he is the senior pastor in this equation. So we're just two <laughs> peon staff members that happen to be in the room with him. So, yes, sir, you are correct, sir. <laughs> no, oh, this my is glasses fun. Are fogging. Oh, this is awesome. Um, coming from personality, my my nature at my core, which I have to fight against my own nature on this, is the old uh, ready, shoot, aim. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, talking about analyzing, I have a fault to not analyze. Like, oh, let's do it. Let's go. Come mm-hmm. on. Let's just jump in deep in first. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely not a right or wrong. That's uh, that's the beauty of the body. There's also a biblical mandate as well. I mean, there's multiple examples in Scripture, but the first one that pops to my mind is James chapter 1 where James tells us to be quick to listen and slow to mm-hmm. speak. And it's more than the very next statement, which is slow to become angry. It's not just to keep our anger under control or our emotions under control. It's to give our minds a chance to hear the Holy Spirit of God speaking to us. Because if I start speaking before I actually listen to what God's telling me internally, then I can jump to the wrong conclusion or say something that I shouldn't say or just at the old expression of putting the cart before the horse because mm-hmm. I just want to answer the question because I know the answer. I know right. it. I know it. Let's say it. Let's say it. Let's right. say it. No, wait a minute. If if the word is new every day, if it's living and breathing and changing, then it it may be different today than it was. No, I mean, the truth's not different. I understand. But the Holy Spirit speaking to me is going to reveal something that I didn't think about earlier. So mm-hmm. I still need to be quick to listen and slow to speak. So it has to be a lifestyle of intentionality of doing that. This might be a good place with that in mind. Just This will probably be in our bios on the podcast or something, but who you, are we? You read my mind. I do that. Ah, oh, it's incredible. I do that. So Two E's and an we? I. <laughs> what? Two oh, yeah, E's and an I. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Actually. No. That's not, no nobody that's would not know true. what that meant. I know what you were thinking, right? <laughs> yeah. Let's make that the name of the podcast, but nobody would know <laughs> what that meant. Actually, on a, do, you, do you all ever know anything about Enneagrams? Enneagrams? Yeah. Enneagrams? Not, a little. Not yeah. much. You, yeah. you probably haven't looked. You don't, you don't get into that a whole lot, but. Um, let's let's do that. Why don't you start? I'll start. Okay. Who who are who you? are you? Kevin Tillman. Um, I'm a preacher's kid. Been in church my whole life. I always make the joke. It's not my joke. It's somewhere else. Prenatal Christian was, you know, in church nine months before I was born. So I've known. I've never known anything but being a part of uh, church life. Um, felt the call into ministry in high school. Uh, was on staff part time. Paid on a staff when I was 19 years old, and I've been on a church staff ever since. So. Um, being in the ministry, being in leadership in church, nothing that's new to me. I'm 49 years old. Will be the big 5-0 this year. So, goodness, that's 30 years now. Uh, 30 years I've been on a church staff. So, uh, that's where I am coming from. Um, I'll discuss more later. But that's that's the background. So, okay, Brent. Yeah. All right, Brent Allen. I'm not a preacher's kid, but I was one of those guys that was in the church nine months before I was born. But my life was definitely different from that perspective than Kevin's. Um, not a not a great home life growing up. A lot, a lot of struggles, a lot of issues that oh, it's actually only been been overcoming in the last few years. So I'm coming from a little bit different place than that. However, I've been involved in ministry, full time ministry, for just about 20 years now. So I got a little bit of history, and you know that's probably something to think through. We got a bunch of 40-somethings in in a room doing a podcast together. So that's one perspective that... Well, he's 50. Well, almost 50, yeah. Um, Respect your elder, gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we do, trust me. So 
anyway, I'm the family pastor of the church, been involved with youth ministry for years and years and years, did campus ministry for a long, long time, loved doing that, loved working with teenagers, liked watching life change. And I had somebody ask me probably about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, said, what is it that just really fires you up? If, you, if there was one thing that you just really enjoy from a ministry perspective, what is that one thing? And of course, there's multiple things. But the first thing popped in my mind was just watching people come to an aha moment of understanding the voice of God and hearing God's direction for them in their lives. So that's a passion. That's good. So I'm Jeff Spoonie Barger. Uh, I was born a. <laughs> we're sha- we're shaking it. our heads. Do not say it. Do not say it. Do Both not of say us, it. We're shaking our heads no at the same time. We're called the filters. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> no. oh, I'm sorry, but the, if they could have only seen both of us shaking both our head, no. you at the same exact time. Because we know. Oh, my gosh. We know each other too well. I know oh. what movie. I know what quote. I was there with you. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Oh, I'm sweating. Um, so... I was born at a very young age, and I too was born on the front row of church. So I was a, I was a pre-Christian church member. Yeah. Um, grew up, had a good family, good uh, stable home life. Um, had a, uh, a call to ministry at about fifteen, and so I, I don't, I, I can't really officially say when I started <coughs> ministry, but I always go there just because that's when the call came. Um, and done done various ministry positions, music and youth, and I've done some youth evangelism for a number of years. That's how Brent, you and I met. And then... I, I still have the poster. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> it's actually how we met as well. So You know what? You're yeah, right. That's yeah. right. Um, I think that poster's on my desk, or did you snag it back? No, I've got multiples. Oh, I just, I, every, like every six months, I'll put one on your post, on your desk, saying, look was, how it looks, look how long you look. I where that came from. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> came here to the church at, at Story Point, or First Baptist Church, um, not not really willingly necessarily, except for just out of obedience to God. But it, honestly, it's been sixteen years. It's been it's been the most fun sixteen and the hardest sixteen years of my life. But it gives us the opportunity to to grow and mature because my heart and my passion has always been evangelism. That would have been my natural bent. Um, <clears throat> but what I realized looking back, and I think everybody who who matures does this, they realize how zealous they were, but how little they knew. And I'm convinced, gentlemen, that our best days of ministry are ahead of us, not mm-hmm. not where we were. Not not because of us, mm-hmm. just because of the goodness of God. You know, he mm-hmm. he 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 captures us and he and he crushes us and he reminds us, "Hey, it's not about you." Mm-hmm. And and I've been listening a lot to the words of Paul where he says, "You know, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain." And he talks about all of his all of his acts, everything he's mm-hmm. ever done was like rubbish, you know, it's it's and that's a very blatant, mm-hmm. you know, phrase that he uses there. So that's kind of my journey. That's where I am. Yeah. But, you know, we're not coming to this just as pastors. We're coming to this with many hats as fathers, as husbands, as humans. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about that just just so that people kind of know where, where we come from. Yeah. Um, and, and even maybe personality bent. Uh, I am more extroverted, but I love being alone. It's weird. Um, I'm a hunter and I'm a fisherman and I like water things like scuba diving and things like that. Um, but, but my real passion, my real love is hearing, being able to facilitate 
in order to hear other people's stories of what God has done in their life. Mm. I love to see that. Um, so I am, um, I am a talker because I, I do like to flesh things out out loud. That can come across as harsh sometimes, and I and I and I like to challenge the status quo, and I like to play the devil's advocate. Because no, so when I'm playing the devil's advocate, I'm not doing it just for an argument. Making people think. I'm doing it because I want people to think, including myself, and I also want to know what what is the real bottom line. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that we, maybe in our culture, don't do that enough. We're, yeah. we're 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 too PC and we're too afraid to offend somebody, so we all play southern. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's this bless your heart kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. But but we don't get to the meat of what's going on, and so and I also. Take a beeline to simplicity. I always want to simplify everything. So that that's my that's my bent. And just to reiterate what you're saying or add a little bit to it. So one of the things that we as a staff have really pursued in the last year is understanding our calling by God. And so when you look in um, Galatians, I think it's Galatians 5, where you have the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. Jeff would fall definitely under the evangelistic aspect. Uh, of of the leaning and the calling, you can hear that in his messages and the way that he communicates with everybody. The heart and the passion is saying yes to Jesus, saying yes to Jesus. I want to hear your stories after you said yes to Jesus. So it really is an evangelistic heartbeat. Well, mine, mine actually is apostle evangelist. It's a, the apostle is the highest. Why don't you explain apostle from that perspective? <clears throat> oh gosh, and just a, yeah. a simplistic. <laughs> so a simplistic a, a apostle is, is is the the visionary, the one who the missionary, the one who wants to go out and. And establish the kingdom of God as far and as long as possible. Um, the evangelist is the one who who encourages other. And, and so the apostles, the missionary. Of course, that's evangelism. With that, the evangelism is more of how do we help somebody to come faith in Jesus Christ. Oversimplification, but that's that's that. And you fall on a different scale. Totally different. I'm, those two are not even my top. My top. When you look at those as a prophetic teacher. And I'll let Kevin talk about his in a moment, but that's really where my heart and my passion is. And prophetic, we can do a whole podcast just on on what prophetic and or, or just the apest, apest meaning apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher. But the prophetic, from the way that I, I perceive it and understanding scripture and what we're talking about it in in this circle right now, is the the truth of the scripture. Where it's black and white, it's black and white. Where it's gray, it's gray, and it's gray for a reason. And the prophetic is, the answer is the truth of of God through the Scripture, and that's where I want to go. And yes, I I believe in signs and wonders and healings and miracles and gifts and all of these things. And yes, I want more of those, not because I want them, but because God promised them. Jesus promised these things through the Holy Spirit and Jesus' giftings. But it's not prophetic from a fortune telling type of thing it is a pointing people to to Jesus and that's right. the reason that there is the apest this apostle prophet shepherd evangelist teacher inside of the church is to point people to Jesus and you can hear the teaching spirit in me coming yeah. out as yeah. as I'm explaining this because that's really my my passion mm-hmm. is to point people to Jesus to teach them the ways to follow and do that through a prophetic gifting that God's given me uh, also all the different as- aspects of my life my husband Four little ones ranging today from 12 to 2. Got one that's about to have a 13th birthday. And it's, you know, I I look at them and all they've ever known is the church. And healthy times and unhealthy times, good times, bad times, things of that nature. But 
I've got four PKs growing up in my home that every single day we're talking about changing the world. Every single day we're praying for God just to move them and change them and cultivate a world-changing aptitude and attitude in their life. And then a wife who wants to walk with her children and her husband to do that. Um, So those are my, I really... I, that's what I wake up thinking about every single day. I enjoy. They, they make fun of me here at staff because I'm a nerd and I like doing some some gaming with hey, some Kevin, 20, 30, 45 milliliter. Want to go to a board game convention? Yeah. So just Google, Google War Machine, um, War Machine Weekend, and you see Thank what you I've very done much, occasionally. Mr. Roboto. <laughs> um, but you know things like that, the the fishing, the just hanging out. It's it's more of a re, rejuvenation for me. I just I. I go to bed thinking about Jesus. I wake up thinking about Jesus and how I can help transform the people that I have influence over. That's just that passion. For those listening, I think you can tell we could sit here and talk because we can change topics and, <laughs> yes, and go like, all over the place. So, Man, that uh, pizza I, I, was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was awesome. I, so I think the listeners of this podcast are going to find... Do you think if, anybody's still with us? No, I, who knows? I don't know. Maybe we're talking to each other. So our wives, matter. our wives will listen. We I, at least have three. I, I can't even, even sure guarantee that one. So. Okay, guarantee your wife's going to listen oh, to this whole true. thing and then ask you a question yeah. about oh, it. Oh my god! What did you mean when you said this <laughs> yeah, about yeah. your family? No, what she's going to say is, "How come I didn't know that?" <laughs> this might be a good place to tell some secrets. So, um, but I, you know, so those that are still with us, we 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 all have different trains of thought, and so it leads us in different directions. So, a pest. Um, I fall on the no, shepherd. We're talking, who, yeah, yeah okay, we're talking about donuts. I don't know what we're talking about. So APES, yeah, and who are we? I know that's what you started with, and we jumped into APES. I'm going to try to get both in this answer. I am I'm tracking. Shepherd I agree teacher. I everything you said, but. But, yes, I don't do that as much. Shepherd teacher. Um, so teacher, in general, I tend to uh, hear a lot of data and try to simplify it. Um, you know, and that can be even frustrating at times. Like if I'm at a conference or if I'm even reading a book, you know, and I'm like, can you just get to the point, you know, cause I, I want to break it down into, I, I, I don't, I don't need all the, just, you know, so that that's the teacher in me can, I like to break down big concepts into bite size, you know, pointing people in the right direction chunks. The shepherd part, um, that is truly at my nature, but this is another podcast for another day being in the ministry for 30 years. And we talked about this a little bit earlier, but, um, every organization, including a church, has a tendency to move, and even as human beings, I think we do this, we have a tendency to move towards a maintenance mode. Yeah. So over the years, there have been times where I have not been living in my shepherd role as much as I should have because I was more um, maintaining the church, you know, doing the busy work, you know, making sure the vans are gassed up. You know, just Was that because of unrealistic expectations by you, or were these things that were placed on you by the church at that time? Both and. Um, so the, the church, and if we got listeners that are church staff members, they will understand this completely. There is, there are unrealistic expectations put stories go on and on about, you know, how the people expect their pastor to be anything and everything. And, and so that is there, but then from a personal standpoint, there's definitely the, uh, approval addiction, you know, that definitely rears its ugly head at times. So, uh, you know, you're trying to do more and, and what that will do is, um, it will push out the relationship and the shepherding part that that really is at my nature and, and as pastors that's that's what we do um and so when you get out of your core dna of what god has you know gifted you to do it can cause inner inner conflict um so uh, that's at my core so 
Uh, who am I? I'm married. Just got married last year. Yes, I'm 50 years Woo-hoo. old. Just got married. Um, first wasn't marriage. Wasn't there a movie so, about that? <laughs> yeah, you need to hush. Okay, so uh, just got married, and uh, it is going great. If you're listening, yes, it is fantastic. She's hug, not hug, listening. She doesn't kiss, know how to kiss, turn kiss. it on. Come little on. hug, Love little you. kiss. So, yes, little kiss. Uh, but Shannon and I, and Shannon's on staff here with us at the church as well. She's a children's director um, at the church, so... Uh, that's what coming. I, I want to say this too. Part of my background, uh, my father. I said he was. Uh, I'm a PK. My dad was a pastor when I was a uh, kid, up until middle school. But then he was a Navy chaplain from middle school all through high school. So part of my background um, was in the uh, in the Navy, the Protestant services. So in some of the places we served, there would be a Presbyterian preaching one week, a Baptist the next, Pentecostal the next, and Episcopal the next. Uh, and I sat through those services. So I kind of had. In the middle school years, I kind of had a plethora uh, city slickers in that movie. No, three amigos. Anyway, I had um, a plethora of different uh, influences coming in uh, at those at those formative years there. So, just part. So, of I think just the apest itself is another example of why to answer the question why because you've got three guys on staff together who truly are not wired the same. There's an example of that. Mm-hmm. So even as we open discussions, it's it's all part of the same pie, different pieces of the same pie. So we may view a certain topic three different ways, not necessarily wrong. It's just three different perspectives based on our own wirings and the way God has orchestrated and taught us up to this point. And I, I, will, I really do think this, those of us that are in our 40s, early 50s, you know, even down to the 30s, we're at a very unique, uh, you know, why are we lending our voice to this conversation? We're, we're at a very unique uh, age. Yeah. Well, I mean, the church over the years has changed, but it has not changed as much as it has changed. When I say the church, I'm talking about the, the stylistic, the way that the methodologies and this kind of stuff, the the mega church movement, the, the contemporary uh, music movement, all these different things, the youth ministry movement of, you know, giving out the Xboxes and the pizza blast and all these things they've happened over the last 25 to 30 years. Those are our years in the ministry. We've seen a lot of changes over the last 30 years. Those that are younger, so to speak, starting in the ministry now, that's all they've known. Um, those that are older, you know, they remember the, the heydays of the, of the fifties and sixties and seventies. So we're in that unique right in between stage, and maybe we're the bridge. Maybe that's why we're lending. This is what we've seen that worked and didn't work, and this is the stuff we've come through. And, you know, there's seeker movements, and all this stuff is just thrown in. And then, and then you know, I'm reading historical stuff now about these great movements of God and the awakenings and these great revivals, 1800s, and all this stuff. And how do we how do we take that power of God movement and mix it with some of this methodology? And I think that's our voice. I think that's why we're doing this and, and – um, you know what does that look like for the future? What can we speak to these, to these guys who are just graduating uh, from college and seminary, and, and and ladies, you know that are that are out doing the work of God? Um, there's so much information out there, and honestly, a lot of it's not good. Yeah. So, you know, I, when I think about what I want people to get out of this, um, I want them to see three unique people. Which, by the way, it's amazing to me when we did that APES test um, to see our our current church staff. What our spiritual giftedness is, um, just truly amazing how perfectly broad. Yeah. I mean, none of us are duplicates. And, and I believe that is a gift 
from God. But but if you think about it, of course it is that's because what that's he what he did. That's what he does to his church. Yeah. But I think it's also the the source of tension for so many staffs and so many churches because if we don't recognize and respect and honor the giftedness that God did, not that we did, right. then then we're fighting against what God says. This is how it's going to work well. And so I think that what what I want people to see, I hope, are, are three dudes who are fleshing out their own faith in a leadership role, in a pastoral role, but also in in a in a in a an under shepherd role that that is still a sheep, you know, right. which is for somebody listening to this, it, whether if they're on church staff or if they're just a church member, that's that, that, not just a church. That sounded horrible. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that's listening to this at our core for this to work, we have to have in our own personhood. We have to we have to know that I don't have it all together. I'm not completely right on anything. And I yeah. need um, other voices speaking to me. Um, I, I need to hear what the prophet is saying. I need to hear what the evangelist is saying. Um, I need to hear the shepherd, the teacher, the apostle. And we need to hear these different voices speaking to us and speaking. It. It's so easy to put our own walls up and, and think that we have the exclusivity of, uh, you know, everything being right. Um, and we're not talking about doctrine here. We're talking about, right. uh, you know, methodologies, this kind of stuff. It is. I, I've been thinking about that very topic this afternoon. I just left another meeting and came over here. And I walked away. I walked away from that meeting with the mindset, I have to be teachable. Yes. If I'm not teachable, what do you really, have? really? That's, what that's what good word. is it? it? It doesn't matter how many years of experience, how many books, how many degrees, what my name is, where I go to church. None of that matters if if I don't have a teachable spirit. Because once I get to a point where I'm not teachable, then what use am I? Right, and I, I, that's a very broad but, statement, but obviously, it's but it's yeah. it's it's the truth in that it doesn't matter if I'm on staff; I still have more to learn, and I I personally, for myself, hope that my very last day on earth, I have a teachable spirit. Yeah, I want that to be part of my literal DNA, where God rewires me, rewires my brain, rewires the internal essence of who I am, so that. Being teachable is is part of my heartbeat. I think that is, this is totally another podcast for another day, but I think that is something that we have to actually ask God for and then be very intentional about being like that. Yeah. Um, our, our nature, call it our sin nature, call it our human nature, whatever you want to call it, our nature is to um, compartmentalize information into the compartments we have already set up in our lives. And, okay, I've read that passage before. That's what that means. I'm going to put it over here in this doctrine. And, and just everything is compartmentalized. And it, it's it, that's the way we're wired, you know. And I think the older we get, you know, you hear the old, like, they're old and they're setting their ways. Yeah. There's truth to that statement yeah. because you are old and setting your ways. I mean, that's the way we – because we have data that's piling on top of data. We've seen something play itself out before. Well, I think so, that a lot of that comes from our natural tendency of survival. We have a fight-or-flight response mm -hmm. to everything in life. Yep. And by by the time you're our age, you have had enough crap in your life. Mm -hmm. can, can I say that? You just okay. did. You did. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. We have had enough stuff in our life, and we've had enough heartache, and we've been burnt enough that we we crave safety and security. Yep. And the way we find that yep. is through this idea of I'm controlling this. I'm controlling my life. And so the idea of being teachable is basically saying, 
I'm going to let go of control and I'm going to open the door yep. to learning. And even though it may reveal that I've been wrong all this time, but here, here's what's, what's crazy about rejecting that. So we're saying, I don't want to be afraid of being wrong for 40 years of my life. So I'd rather be wrong for the rest of my life. I mean, that's just no, nobody from the outside looking in would go, yeah, that's a brilliant idea. I mean, if you can't get it all, you might as well get at least half of it, right? But it also ties into what Kevin was talking about earlier with the approval idol. Yeah. If I'm wrong, then I lose my approval and my, my status, my right. stature around those who are with me. If I'm a Sunday school teacher, a Bible study teacher, if I'm a pastor, whatever it is, and I admit in front of a group of peers that I don't have it all together, that I got something wrong, then suddenly my credibility plummets. And that's... At least that's the way we yeah, perceive it. that's perception. It. I it don't is. think that's reality. No, it's though. not reality, yeah. but that's what goes on through our mind. Yeah. And it's because I don't want I don't want to to be the one that everybody heart, can't look at. The heart is deceitful above all things. So we convince right. ourselves, I'm not wrong. I mean, come on. So we, even though we may be completely wrong, we convince ourselves because it hurts too much. But you brought a, a trait or characteristic here to our, our staff that... that I think we we had, but you you just maybe brought it out to light because you used to say constantly, <laughs> "What did you say?" I said, "I forgot." I'm going to shoot I the agree. hostage. Oh, oh, shoot the hostage! Yeah, oh. yeah. I agree with but everything you, you just said, but that's what I thought he was saying. Yeah. yeah, I agree no, with everything you just but, said. But, but to yeah. shoot the hostage is essentially saying, "Look, I acknowledge. Yeah, I don't have it all together. You can't hold that over me because yeah. I'm telling you." Ta-da! No surprise. Shoot the hostage but, works in every situation. But Jesus actually dealt with this, didn't he? He said, look, you need to love each other, mm-hmm. and in humility, consider others better than yourself. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about. So if we come to any conversation, whether it's in this room, whether it's in a staff meeting, or whether it's in a home, if we come to those conversations relationally with humility and with love, and I like what Brian Jones once taught me, and I, he might have taught you the same thing if you're in the room, but... He said, we should give people unconditional positive regard, which is really hard to do, especially when you know background on people. But unconditional positive regard means I'm going to assume the best in what you just did. Oh, there's one word for that. It's love. Love, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's but Jesus it really is. Right. That, but that's, that's really the essence of it. Can I have eyes to see the other person the way that Jesus sees them? Oh, man, wouldn't that change everything if we it, could do that? It, it We can intentionally, but it's a choice that we take, and it's in every day. Every single day is a choice that we make. Man, love is an amazing thing. Hmm. Well, gentlemen? Just a clinging gong without it, right? Or something you're like right. That. You're <laughs> right. That, that's, why, that's why youth is so dangerous, I think. Hmm. And you know what? I hope you send me all kinds of hate mail from this because it's raw, unedited thinking from my part. Bring it. I'm almost thinking nobody at 20 years old needs to be a pastor. <laughs> I mean, or a youth pastor, because uh, honestly, between me being 20 and 30, I thought I knew way more than I did, and I wonder how much damage I did. The flip side of that, <laughs> I, I will give the alternative view of this. And I'm just joking well, about that, I know. but well, seriously you, unserious. Because I did it as well, but <laughs> let me give the alternative of that, because uh, as I've talked to young people over the years <clears throat> that were just so gung-ho to get started in the ministry, yeah. and they had this rose-colored glasses— and I remember I've said this numerous times. Maybe I have former teenagers listening to this, but I have said this numerous times. Until you are on the other side of a mama pointing their finger in your face, oh, yeah. you're not in the ministry mm-hmm. yet. Until you've got a church member complaining about something that you're looking at them in the face going, that is the 
dumbest thing I've ever heard in my Why are you complaining about that? Because everybody in this room has had that conversation yeah. multiple, multiple, many times. So, 20-year-old? Watch out. Come on in. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it, it handle it in love. Uh, you know, you may be completely, totally, 100% in the right, but that person on the other side that's pointing that finger, you don't know where they're coming from. I mean... Our battle is not against flesh, flesh and, and blood. blood. Oh, here you go, prophet. I got it. Bible I, and again. Yeah, I, that's where I go. <laughs> but that's true. Principalities, so true. powers, dominions in this yeah. spiritual realm. And it's not the mama pointing the finger. It's not the pastor that, or youth pastors that's mad at you. It's not the school official. It's a spiritual battle. And so we need eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that yeah. understands and relates the way Jesus does. Looking back over 30 years, I know we're way past our time, but looking past over the last 30 years, there have been times that I was completely wronged and I was totally in the right. And there have been times where I was completely in the wrong and somebody else was in the right. Um, and it's I, that that scripture is so true because, um, because it's God's word. But, uh, you know, I look back at the times I was wrong there were other things that were going on that made me wrong. Yeah. I mean, not to, not to, to, to justify it away, but um, there were spiritual battles going on and um, you know, it is, it is flesh and blood. The devil, the evil forces, they hate the church. They hate the people of God and they're good at it. They've been doing it forever. Um, we have to remember that, you know, yeah. so these battles are not ours. Yeah. We've been battling for 20, 30 years. Quite honestly, the evil ones had a millennia yeah. of, of time. It's, it, it's an art. So maybe we should encourage everybody that's listening to this podcast right now to stop the podcast and to take 30 minutes and just pray about your situation right now. How about that? That's a good idea. <laughs> and, and I would add that I really do hope that from this podcast, people will have encouragement and hope. I do hope it rubs some people. The yeah. You know, I, I hope it has an edge to it because I want uh, all of us to think deeply. I don't think we think deeply enough about things. But think deeply through a lens of Scripture, not through a lens of political party, not through a lens of race, not through a lens of uh, preference or, 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 or history, which mm -hmm. realistically, we're human, so that's hard to do. So we can't think as an American Christian either. Yeah, I mean, well, what? yeah, well, we need to think <laughs> through that. So yeah, we can yeah. think that way, but then we need to go, okay, but what about Jesus? Yeah. Because what the world desperately needs is a Jesus-like church man we are we we need a jesus-like church and you know what i'm done with the days of being ugly about the church because i get it we're humans sure but but that doesn't take away the need for us to be jesus-like just because everybody else isn't doesn't give us an excuse not to be that's right if nobody else is going to then i choose this day today is the day the lord's made i'm going to rejoice and be glad and it doesn't matter for anybody else so it's it is on each of us well, uh, let's let's go ahead and wrap it for that. Let's go, let's go ahead and wrap it. Um, it. I, I have to say, Brent, I'm, you, you've talked more than the last thirty minutes, and I've heard Brent you talk all week. Man, you're like killing it. It's because you don't hey. have your sweater on. I can go get it. I love my <laughs> cardigan. My cardigans. <laughs> I have met people in my we call past. You Mr. Rogers for a reason. I'm going to bring my slippers next week. <laughs> I knew a guy from my past that was golden behind the microphone guy was a <laughs> dj in a major major area man and you meet him in person you're like how in the world 
But yeah, a face that's for radio and a voice for TV. <laughs> Man, I mean, I'm telling you, like you listen to the radio and go, this guy is awesome. You meet him in person. Like, so, that's going to be our Brent. Brent, so, that's you. So that's yes. Brent. Brent, yes. Brent's good on the radio, mean, but no, don't hang out with him in person because he stinks. Person. That, it came out a little bit wrong. Uh, yes, right just a little bit. Just, just a little bit. bit. Yeah. Um, so we should remind people that they're the... Uh, Google uh, War Machine. <laughs> our, our nature... Signar. <laughs> our nature is to joke. And and we we combat uh, oh, tense gosh. tense situations with humor quite frequently. Wait wait wait. Let's. My spiritual gift and your spiritual <laughs> gift is sarcasm. sarcasm. That's right. Brent. Brent. Okay, so let's just. Brent will be he sitting won't even quiet. Crack a smile. No, but then out of left field, I've said this many times. Out of left field, Brent Boom. will come with a zinger, and you're like, "Where did that come from?" It's because he's saving up for him. He's saving it's up. Like he's he's analyzing. It up. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's good. So. Uh. All right. Well, let's uh, let's say a prayer and uh, let's let's move on out, okay? Yep. Father, thank you for today and for these uh, opportunities that you give us. Lord, I pray that somebody listening would have been would have been blessed today, and I pray that you would speak truth through us, help us to be real, but may everything we do point towards Jesus, who is worthy of all of our honor. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life faith, and everything in between. If you want to know more, check us out at www.storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com.